I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to Online Darts. Everyone, a very, very happy Valentine's Day. It is Monday. Don't worry about all that other mush. It's the live lands, which is the important thing. Myself, Bill Bars, Jack Cobby Garwood, and Lee Boyce are here. You boys have done your Valentine's Day stuff already, I'm guessing. You can tell which one of us is single, can't you, Lee? Don't worry about all that money. <laughs> to cram it in <laughs> and get back to entertain you lot for the next two hours. Correct. 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 But everyone... Just to let you know, just to let you know, Phil. So tonight's a, a five-minute show. I'm off at five past eight. See in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> We've had Monday weddings and the lot from Boise. He's getting them all in. Um, welcome along, everyone, in the chat room. Um, great to have you all on board after the weekend. It's been a manic few days in the darting world. But before we jump into it, make sure you hit the thumbs up button, drop us a like, and subscribe to the channel as always. Um, boys, never a dull moment in darts at the moment, is there? What do you mean? <laughs> no, there's always never. something going on. <laughs> we were a little bit concerned when we started doing the fallout bar on a Thursday that come Monday we wouldn't have a lot to talk about because we'd just be duplicating Premier League content for Pro Tours, Challenge Tours, Euro Tours, qualifiers, uh, Riley's uh, UK Open qualifiers to discuss. Uh, we have a baby announcement. We've got all sorts going on. It is all going on. Uh, all the usuals in the chat room. Juanita, Tommy, Craig, Kieran, welcome along. Andrew is in as always. Mark, Harry, uh, welcome along, mate. Um, Jack, superb to have you all on board. Um, I reckon numbers will be a little low until probably midway through when people start getting in from from meals and that. People have been dragged out this evening, I see, on Instagram and everything. Um, but we will plow hey, yeah, we've got on. Us on, on the sly. We'll, we'll have a restaurant there overpaying it. I'll be very disappointed. Yes. Um, we will. Somewhere. We will someone is actually on. just after that in a restaurant. <laughs> just the <laughs> one. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll, we'll go in some kind of chronological order. Um, we were in 
Gobs adopted City. Well, he lives anywhere near it. Of Liverpool for the Premier League this week. Just gone. Night number two. And there it is. The draw bracket up in order. And hand on heart. We all got the first one massively wrong, boys, didn't we? Just a little. Maybe. Just a little. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to reply then, and then some, I saw Bonjour in the chat room thinking we actually had somebody from France watching, and it's just me, mate, Tiz. Oh, that's just Tiz. <laughs> the, continental, the continental Yorkshireman. How, how is... Uh, how is... How is Tiz available on Valentine's night? What's the world coming to? That's what we need to ask ourselves. It must be. I could answer that, but I may incriminate myself. He's probably got different time slots for all different ones, and he's just done, just travelling to to the next restaurant or bar. Hey, up, lad. <laughs> I've literally just very, been watching the Timber Swindler and you want to drop a line like that, Phil? It's not very comforting for people. <laughs> uh, we um we, we rejoined the night out once. Um and I, I, I won't drop the names, but um the line he was attacked with where well, you took that Tinder bird on a date and not me. One of the epic nights tears, wasn't it? Um but welcome along. Carl is in as always, Philip. Welcome along. It's all good. Of course, Laura was in. Um, but, um, yeah, Peter Wright, very much out of sorts, boys. Um, we'll come on to that more when we hit the Pro Tour because there was some, some interesting revelations from Wigan about his darting selection on day two, um, even for his standards. But MVG looks a lot better. Although, boys, he was allowed to play, there's still better signs. Yeah, a lot better signs um, from MVG. We we sort of, well, we did all write him off, I think, on uh, last Monday when we were talking about this one. And then even from the opening start to this one, it, um, Peter Wright, first led, the two misses at a double were quite a distance away and just set up the, the rest of the game for MVG, who played well, 102, um, but was in total control then throughout this game. And signs of him coming back. Um, still not enough, and I know uh, I know Dobbs views on MVG's current performance, but there is signs there still that there is a there is a, a run in for what MVG. Are you for? <laughs> uh, but one oh one, almost second one oh three, one victory, but it was only eighty four from the world champion. And he used a straight barrel dart as well, surprisingly. Um, game number two, the ferret, Johnny Clayton, too hot to handle. Michael Smith didn't play badly, but when it's your night, it's your night, boys. And the ferret, ton average, God, made light work. He did, and look, we touched on this a little bit over the weekend, but... Um... This isn't the Michael Smith that everybody thought would kick on from the World Championships. The first World Championship final loss, everybody was... Like, it took a lot for Michael Smith to get over it, and he will be the first to admit that. It was very, very emotional. It took a bit of a thump in. It took him a while to get back on track. This time out, performances to reach that final, and even the performance in the final for 95% of it, he didn't do a lot wrong to lose it. Peter Wright just produced 
nine out of the next ten legs at a ridiculous standard in a final. We just expected this to be the uh, we, we expected a continuation from Michael Smith. It wasn't a purple patch of form. It was oh my god, Michael Smith changed, and it doesn't seem to be materialising just yet. It's still been okay. It's still been top sixteen in the world kind of standard, but it's not beat everybody else as a top eight in the world and, and start to dominate potentially like we thought Michael Smith might do considering the gap of Van Gerwen not winning a title in nearly 18 months now I think it is going price has not won one in, in nearly six months now potentially about to lose his world number one slot and Peter Wright chopping and changing like he does apart from Johnny Clayton knocking on the door who can't break into the top four ranking wise because he keeps winning unranked events there was a real gap for Michael Smith to use this first two or three months of the season to kick on and make a claim for being one of the best players in the world. And it just hasn't quite materialised yet. Yeah. See, look, Tiz knows as well. Date number two done. Date number three, not until after the live land, she knows. <laughs> um, game number three. Uh, look, I know we've touched on it, Gob. And he's your boy. There are genuine concerns right now, aren't there? James White, another... Yeah, before... When we started streaming Saturday morning, and even when we finished Saturday evening, there were very, very big concerns about James Wade. Sunday's performances were a little bit better, not spectacular, but there were still glimpses throughout Sunday's Pro Tour that perhaps it wasn't as, as dreadful as we first thought. He's starting matches really well. He's averaging over the 100 mark for the first four or five legs, but he is dropping off an awful lot after that. And it is a little bit of struggle for him to just keep at that level that he needs to be at to start moving through this field. Can't be pinching draws, clinging on and hoping to get into the playoffs that way this time out. This is a different animal. Yeah. Um, look, the scoring power just isn't there. And Joe Cullen, a 6-3 victory. And I've got to say, we were obviously there filming the walk-ons. I thought Joe Cullen was going to get a bit of stick being he's got a red devil on the back of his shirt and walks onto a Manchester band. But they loved it. I was thoroughly surprised. I thought thought he was going to get a little bit. Um, but Yeah, it's hard not to. And I'm not a massive Oasis fan, but that walked on, even like I was seeing it in the Masters every time he's coming on, the reaction from everyone is just unreal. Um and for, for that to yeah. follow on, it doesn't surprise me if that's, we'll see a reaction like that everywhere. How can you yeah, not be an Oasis fan? You know. <laughs> um, interesting stat from Carla. He says, Michael Smith giving himself too much to do by starting matches slow. Been trading after five legs in seven of his last 11 matches so far this season. Superb work as always, Carla. Congratulations on the work with ITV as well. Um, and then the last game, again, I was massively disappointed. I had high hopes in this one. After after last week and on the Pro Tour, I was expecting a little bit more from Gary. But in fairness, Gazi battered him, Boise. Absolutely did a number. Yeah, it did. It's, with Gary Anderson, it, it is going to be one of those. I know we're saying with Wade in regards to his storing. It's going to be difficult to see him having these runs. With Darry Anderson, I think it's just going to be an inconsistent sort of 16 weeks. Depending on how much he's played, we expected more of this as he had the Premier League and the Pro Tour the weekend before. And you'd probably expect a bit more this weekend. 
um, sorry, this Thursday. But Derwin Price was just a step above um, Dar Anderson. But it's going to be hard to back them into some weeks. I think we will see them flying out the blocks and then the others will see them with the disappointing performance that we saw last Thursday. Yeah, and that was the quarterfinals. Moving on to the semi-finals, this next one was the game of the night for me. Gob, MVG, Johnny Clayton, MVG 4-1 up, averaging about 108. And then the madman from Wales went berserk. Both averaged 105 and 106, but it was Johnny Clayton's just relentless finishing in those latter stages that just irresistible. I want to talk about both semi-finals at the same time because it's pretty much the same story. Two players that don't really give you an awful lot on the hockey and aren't the most aggressive in Johnny Clayton and Joe Collin. You look at them and you, you struggle to see how they're going to motivate themselves to go up through the gears. And we could have easily been sat here saying that Van Gerwen got out of the blocks early, Clayton's chasing too much, uh, Gerwen Price got out of the blocks early, Joe Collin just couldn't step it up a gear if he's not already at that level. There was no real moment that spurred either of them into life they just kept going and going and doing what they do and, and trust their action and it's quite we're not used to seeing that in darts normally you can see a moment that as a catalyst for players to to pick up these comeback results and yet both the semi-final winners johnny clayton in particular just produced it from nowhere really yeah it was yeah just a great game boys well they, they both worked um joe cullen there were still question marks around his Premier League participation. Some people saying didn't deserve it for winning the Masters and whatever. But getting to the night final on the second night, again, that's another huge tick in the box before we come on to the weekend. Yeah, a massive tick in the box. Also, it was just then the first win, just getting over the line after obviously not winning uh, in week one. The more those weeks would have done on without him having a win, question marks would have been raised for him to get off the board early. Uh, week two, get that win, and then to beat uh, Torrent World number one, I'll often say it for now, uh, in going Price in the semi-final, just makes that tick from pencil to pen the way he should be in there, and let's be honest, he didn't really discredit himself in the, the final, he gave it a, a very good shot, and he could have easily been walking away win with £10,000. Yeah, spoiler alert. That was prior to the weekend, obviously. Johnny Clayton picking up night number two. He got to the final in Cardiff, ran out of steam. Ran out of steam in the final again, Gob, but got away with it. Um, it was a bit scrappy, but he did what, what he needed to do at the big, big moments. And it was a 6-4 win over Joe Cullen. And he was um, 10 bags better off. He was indeed. I'm just, well, I was going to try and spin you some sort of narrative that come three matches in a night, the players are a little bit tired, but Peter all right, produced 113 average in the final of week one. So that's not really true <laughs> as yet, but it's certainly something to keep an eye out for because Johnny's made back-to-back finals. He's playing probably more darts than pretty much anybody else on the planet. Maybe Joe Cullen at the minute. Joe Cullen's played 30 times since the World Championship already. Johnny Clayton can't be a million miles away from that either the way the, the format that there is in. Um, and they're, they're just going to keep running out of steam. And look, that is a side story, perhaps, to keep an eye on for this changing format for the Premier League. There's been a lot of talk. They do it on the Euro Tour. Yes, fine. They do it on a final day of a European Championship or whatever. But actually, we've had the same discussion about 
that final session of the European Championship, how Rob Cross has effectively outlasted opponents rather than beat them off the board in the titles that he's won in those days where you have to play so many times in a day. This is even more compact, very, very minimal turnaround time because of the broadcasting restraints. But Johnny Clayton knows how to win a title now, and that's a massive, massive thing. It is, absolutely. Um, and then after two nights, got to say, really enjoy the PDC graphics. Um, Lou, Jimmy doing a, and a fantastic job on designing these that we um, that we commandeer. Um, but Johnny Clayton does top the table after two nights. Clayton, Wright, Cullen, MBG, Price, Anderson, Wade and Smith. Right now, it's hard to see at least two of those three not being in those bottom three come the halfway point and the finals night, Boise. Yeah, it is. Um, because obviously we're talking about, about about Wade's post or in Anderson inconsistencies. Michael Smith, it's just, I was just looking at Michael Smith's next sort of run of dames, opening dames. Derwin Price, Joe Cullen, Darry Anderson, James Wade. So the next two, you could do with one, but it's a very difficult next two. And then he's got the two players that were down there with him at the moment. And it is with Michael Smith. It's one of them that probably similar to Joe. As soon as he gets that first one, you wouldn't be surprised to see him even make the final or, or that one and win it. It's just having that first one, that first point on the board and that up and running. Um, but if Derwin Price... But that's the better of Michael Smith. You can certainly see certain adapt appearing from them five to the um, bottom three even early on. But we'll see it. In these short formats, especially all these eight nights, I think anything can happen. Just out of interest, it's something that we didn't touch on last week, but putting the league table up there has kind of made me think of it. Last year, Glenn Durant, we all knew, was in no kind of form whatsoever, playing in a goldfish bowl, losing... That as it was then night after night what effect will it have on maybe someone like James Wade if he doesn't start picking up at least, or at least getting to a final maybe only winning one match in six seven weeks or or whatever got it's kind of a bit of a psychological effect isn't it and I'm just using James there because he's the one that's probably most out of form right now as Glenn was last year I think if, if it's a younger, less experienced player, it will have quite a big effect. If this was a Joe Cullen not picking up his first win for a long time, that's a far bigger deal than James Wade, who's been in, what, 10 or so Premier Leagues that has been up and down, that seems to have seasonal variances in his form. He's never been the best Premier League player. He's, he's been competitive in the past. He's the only man to beat Phil Taylor in the campaign twice in that same calendar year, once upon a time. But in terms of actually going on to pick up the Premier League title, James Wade's form always seems to dip at this event. It's a little bit of concern heading to Blackpool, and then he'll have a good couple of months before the World Championships, possibly pick up an ITV event, and then not do anything at the World Championships. That's just how a James Wade season goes. That's how he finds himself in the top six to eight all the time. So, look, yeah. Michael Smith, a little bit of concern because... He's, he was talking an awful lot about wanting to be in this Premier League and after how he was snubbed, trying to get back in there, fought his way through, World Championship finalist, yet to really deliver this year, putting that little bit of pressure on himself. Um, and Gary, look, he's, he's been up and down and look, he just wants to play darts, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, don't disagree. And then from, or from Liverpool, it was a dash 
not too far this one, not like last time to, to Wigan, just along the M62 a little bit. Um, so it wasn't too bad. And on the Friday, we had the Euro Tour qualifiers, boys. The Euro Tour is back. And we cannot wait for that. The qualifiers are back. Remember, ET1 was rolled over um, from last year. So anyone that qualified for ET3 was automatically in one. So we had ET2 and ET3 qualifiers. And, and some standout names. Kim Hybrex qualifying for both. Chris Doby qualifying for both. A good run for Devin Peterson. We'll touch on him more later on. Vincent van der Voort qualifying for both as well. Some some big ones. Martin Lukeman as well. Massive shout out to, um, to him. He's in the form of his life right now. And obviously, we, we've touched on this before. Now, if we get 13 Euro Tours after two years of none, there are some big gains for players to be made in these rankings. Yeah, massive. And it's, it's just for the fan, it's going to be so good to have the, the Euro Tours back. Um, but as we've seen with the rankings and looking at the Euro Tours from two years ago um, and prior to that, how much, not just it can do to the rankings, but how much it can do for people getting on stage and getting that form on stage and getting used to it for players who haven't done it that much. For someone like Martin Luton, who you've mentioned, John O'Shea there at the, at the end of each, um, Euro to a free qualifier. Players like that, just getting on PDC stages and getting used to those environments, getting through, trying to get through that first game and then getting a run to play with the mean so much. But the flip side of that, for people named in there like Barney, Chizzy, one of the prize money is that batting that ranting, so they're not having to attend these qualifiers on the Friday. Um, and they are then fruit already to that last 32. Yes, they need to win a day and then for that to go on their um, ranting money. But still, they're still already there and they've only, they only need to enter then on the Saturday. There's a couple of real surprises for me as well across the two ones. A couple of big shout-outs because I didn't see the form they were in that may be doing this. George Kellington um, only got picked up his tour card again this year, qualifying from ET2. Absolutely superb. Mario van der Bogengaard, he absolutely blitzed Q School. So good to see his form transferring. But especially in the second one, Max Hopp, Jeffrey Dejuan. Where did they come from, God? Because they have been in absolutely no form whatsoever. Yeah, a bit of a weird one, that. Jeffrey Dejuan seems to have fallen off the uh, face of the earth at times. Uh, Max Hopp. He's, he's been up and down, hasn't he? There's been a lot of pressure on Max being the German number one. We know he struggled with injuries, been away and rebuilt his throw completely, which we saw on stream at, at a time over the weekend. A little bit, we're not overly sold on it with how fire brings the dart back. But look, if it's working for Max as well, it alleviates some of that tension. I think it was building up where he feathered the dart from a, from a locked elbow point of view, where he's rocking it back here. Just one smooth motion means should be easier for him to, to let it go and, and not feel as tense on the dart. Um, but yeah, look, superb for those two to, to pick that up. Jamie Hughes as well. Um, just battling, isn't he, Jamie Hughes? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So that was the Euro Tour. I'm just going to put the same picture up for the next one. Spoiler alert. Uh, but we'll talk about them individually. What a weekend for the Rockstar. Um, first of all, Players' Championship uh, 3 in his post-match with, with Dan. 
his own words, I don't know how I won this. I've played terrible. Nice. <laughs> not, no, it's not nice to play terrible and pick up pick up a title. But when, when you look through, it was just obviously we did, we weren't on the Pro Tour last week because we were at the seniors. It was nice to have Pro Tour action um, back. Um, just looking at, looking across some of the results, some, some surprising ones, some some not so surprising ones, but big shout out to Connor Scott, first ranked semi-final on only his third pro tour. Um, kudos to, to him. Arguably the player of the day, though God was Damon Hetter. We we were watching it and he was killing it. <laughs> I still think he was the player of the day. He may have lost in the final, but he was just ridiculous. I think he averaged 102 to get there at that point, he was just absolutely on fire, demolished Michael Van Gerwen. Um, it was just a slightly quicker and a much higher scoring Damon Hatter than we'd pretty much seen so far. We've always known he's got the 1-8 in his locker, but he's had that little bit of inconsistency. But I think that the slight increase in pace and rhythm certainly helps Damon Hatter because once you're in there, it's so much easier to just keep finding that treble and stay at that level. Um perhaps getting to the final got to him just that little bit. It wasn't quite the same level of performance we'd seen from him throughout the rest of the day. Uh, but yeah, he, he was comfortably right up to that final when he, when he didn't win it, was the best player of the day for me. Yeah, in the quarterfinals as well. Um, good to see Joe Murden popping up into a quarterfinal and Barry Keane after the weekend before when he beat his first, what was it, top eight player, he said on Twitter, then to go and make a quarterfinal. Boy, see, that's... Um, Growing in confidence. Yeah, there's some names from uh, this quarterfinal from the Euro Tours. Barry Team being one of those. Joel Mernon coming through. Even seeing Jamie Hughes there following up a qualification on the Friday to then to the last 16. So there's certainly some surprise names when uh, looking through on Saturday. Um, but good to see a quarterfinal of Connor Scott and uh, Barry Team. Good to see Joel Mernon in there. Um, and I think, like says, the, the Euro Tour is going to be tier as one of these Pro Tours for experience for some of these. So to have them runs early on, it eases that pressure a little bit because the ranting money's there. So if it's an good run and be up there, it's, it could be down into them Euro Tours with a little less pressure on their shoulders because they've already earned the money on the floor that puts them in strong positions for the rest of the year and down into second years to secure the tour cards. Also, as well, on the Saturday... Last 16 for Steve West, God, and we were commenting on it. He was on a stream board as well a couple of times across the weekend. Year of his life coming up with the amount of ranking money he's defending. Um, and it was just nice to see him back winning games. Yeah, it was. It was a, it was a good run for Steve West, a much-needed run for Steve West against some players in a similar position, actually, beating John Henderson and Scott Mitchell, on the way, not the best performance against James Wade, as, as we can clearly see getting knocked out. But, yeah, look, a run that Steve West needs to produce. He's got such a simple action. And when that first starts in the top of the treble bed, he does fire in the maximums for fun. But he's just been that little bit edgy around the doubles, and we didn't see an awful lot of him last year. So he needs a and he needs a big year this year. Yeah, also as well, some um, some very, very encouraging signs for one chin. And that is super chin. He looks as if he's turned a real corner. Look, last year he was flaky. Let, let's have let's have it right. He he was flaky. Where the start of this year, 
he's starting to reproduce that form that got him to the top four in the world. Yeah, and it and it's tea that he does because there's a lot of players we're talking about at the moment who are sort of where he was a few years ago on the fringes of pushing to that. Your Humphreys, your Dolby, them sort of players. And I think for Daryl Durney, it's, it's a huge year. There's, there's no sort of worries in regards to all, but it's a huge year for him to be back in the midst and to be in those conversations when we're talking about World Series events and Premier Leagues. It was one previously, obviously, that's been there. But for Daryl Durney, it's a massive year to get himself back as a name that people are talking about on people's lips. So we are coming into these events and talking about him as a contender because we all know we can do it because we've seen him pick up TV titles before. So a huge year for the chin. Yeah, absolutely. So that was summing up players' championship three. And like we said, it was the rock star who stole the show. Then going on to the Sunday, Gob, your dreams were dashed before you even got to the stream when Gary Anderson pulled out and went home. There was a phase when he only won on Sundays, and now he just doesn't bother turning up on the Sundays. It's just a bit <laughs> Gary, isn't it? Um, yeah, look, no Gary, no party, obviously. Um, but it was great. His replacement is actually a local data to me. Pete Burgoyne had a fantastic crack at Dave Chisnell, 95 average, Chizzy firing in a 146 to beat him in a deciding leg. Um, sent him a message on Facebook, etc. He said he loved the experience, was up there for a Kraken. Keep an eye out for him on the challenge tour. He seems to be going from strength to strength at the minute. Yeah, just just a quick one though. We we were so hoping that it was going to be the Gary that that gave it a go. And what does that say when he goes home? I think it depends on the reason that he went home. We didn't really see a reason why he pulled out. If it's just a can't be bothered, get back, etc., then. Obviously, a little bit of concern. We know that he was trying to push um, his son's charity fundraiser throughout the weekend, so maybe he decided that he was going to be there for that sort of thing. A um, little bit disappointing, but he is playing Premier League every week. So I think we, we talk a lot about how Gary needs match practice, but I think there's also a case of overdoing it for Gary. If you put him in a darts room four days a week, if these were super series, he'd, he'd have been gone. He might not have even entered he's got no time for four days in a hotel playing darts to then go and play a Premier League to then go and do whatever else the following weekend. There's too much. You need to find the balance for Gary. That's just on that one though, Dob. With with this month's, looking at this month's features or the rest of this month's, there's no weekend now until the UK Open. God says if he's left because of um, family reasons or wants to be there because of promoting um, his son and that, but for now not having weekend darts for the next three weeks, I find it a strange... A strange decision. If it was anyone else, I think we'd find it very strange because it's Gary Anderson. We're not that surprised that he's made that decision. But overplaying there when he's got a couple of weekends off, um, I find a bit strange. It's, well, it's not so yeah. long ago that we talk about Michael Van Gerwen doing this sort of thing yeah. every week or, or Gerwin Price. I just think that Price and Van Gerwen are both in a position where they just need to get over that winning line again just to remind themselves how it feels. Yeah. Moving on to Players' Championship 4 on the Sunday, back to the, the, the darting front. Um, first game I want to t- touch on, because it was the first game on the stream board, was how much better Devin Peterson's action looked. 
and just his all-round game. Look, I'm still not a fan of the darts. I still think they're too long. But the result wasn't there, but the performance was a million times better. Yeah, it was it was a million times better. I totally agree with you on the darts because when we seen the run pre-COVID, um, it was all around his 180 in and with a smaller dart. And that's what was giving him the confidence to do that. Um, but it's good to see him getting back. He's been adamant for months and months and months that he's getting back. But we, let's be honest, we haven't really seen that from the World Championships, Players' Championships. There wasn't really that there. Um, not the win, but performance that probably gives you that bit of confidence. The worry now being is there's a few weeks, as I said, before the next tournament or pro to, next tournament to be in the UK Open. So it's just making sure that he can work on that and hopefully we'll see a we'll see him getting back to what we saw previously. Yeah. It was a disappointing result for Jackpot though as well, Garvin. It's like two steps forward, one back for Adrian at the moment. We start to think, oh, it's there or thereabouts. And and then yeah, the weekend like this weekend. Yeah, he's one that the, the top game looks like it's there but it's the consistency. And obviously, darts is amazing because there isn't a single target on a board that you or I can hit, that the pros can hit, that somebody who's never thrown a dart before can't hit. It's just how consistently and how often you can repeat that, especially under pressure. That, that's what makes the game. That's the levels to this sport. And he's just not doing it consistently enough to put him in that top echelon of the top 16, possibly even the top 32 at the minute. He's, he's showing glimpses, but not consistently enough to be up there and be considered a massive threat. And look, we just spoke about Devon. We talked about AD. We'll possibly touch on Glenn Duran as well. He was pretty happy with a 90 average, I think it was, in, in one of the qualifiers perhaps, but still not picking up the results that he needs. And this is the difference between a team sport and an individual sport. In a team sport, yeah. if you're not playing very well, your manager drops you. Someone else is there to fill in the gap. You go away, you train for a couple of days, you work to get yourself back in. You still get paid. In an individual sport, you've got small amount, small amounts of time to put it right. You have to be in every event if you're going to earn any sort of money. You have to expose yourself. And every single time you think you're getting somewhere, you take a bit of a beating and then you're back to square one and have to mentally rebuild yourself all over again. Yeah, no, agreed. Completely agree. It's not quite sure. We'll, we'll, we'll reassess. Maybe after the UK Open, there's some question marks um, around some players. But there was one standout game in the last 32, Gob, and we didn't. The averages don't suggest how good it was, but we were racing to get on to the feature game, and that was the All Polish game between Christoph Ratajski and Redak Sadanski. Um, Sadanski's got something about him that Polish darts is is going places right now. Obviously, we've got the Kachuk, um, Sadansky, Rutajski, Bilecki as well. It's it's really going places right now. Yeah, they're they building something nice right now. I think they're the next emerging nation that's going to start putting together some serious start players. Um, look, the averages don't suggest this is a great game, but for large parts of it, it really was a high-quality contest. There's a couple of legs where they miss a few darts, so double or just gets a little bit scrappy. Uh, which is what drags the averages down. But average is always just a measure. These two were going at it, hell for leather, back and forward. It was superb. Um, like I said, Saganski's a name that 
never heard of before Q School, but I've been massively, massively impressed with him um, so far. And if I'm the likes of Christoph Kachuk, I'm slightly concerned that my spot in the World Cup might not be as safe as it used to be. Yeah. Also, I know, Boise, you won't know much about this game, but it's in the last 32 as well. The world champion was bageled, battered, you name it, by Ryan Joyce, 6-0. And with a little bit of inside info, Gobbin, do you want to relive the um, what the changes were? Hang on, let me find it. Let, let, <laughs> let, let's just say, even for Peter Wright standards, this is going some. In the game, he lost. They have nine practice starts, then they go for the ball, then they play. Peter threw six with the gold and then moved back to the black. Threw three practice darts with the black and balled off. He then threw the first nine darts in the leg with the black darts. Threw the next nine darts in the leg with the gold darts. And then he sacked both of them off and picked up the fat, chunky ones all together and played the rest of the match with them. Um, even by his standards, what on earth? Yeah, <laughs> and, and that's exactly. quite worrying for me. That's really, really worrying for me because we've always pretty much turned around and said, no matter what Peter Wright does, chopping and changing, if he goes and picks up a straight set of these darts and wants to win, he will win. And he seems to in the last six weeks where he was playing. Look, two weeks ago, he absolutely destroyed the Premier League field, average 130 in the final. We're like, this is Peter Wright's world. We're just living in it. We're literally having that conversation. And all of a sudden, he seems to have just gone completely overboard. Absolutely no doubt he'll be chucking 100 averages in a couple of weeks' time. But there is concern for the next couple of weeks he's going to be chopping and changing. We know that he's spoken a lot about not liking the straight darts, how he wants to go back to the bombs. And I think perhaps these core performances sneaking into the straight darts are a little bit of an excuse for him to go back to these other ones even if it's through lack of concentration or, or perhaps a little bit of effort in the matches to put himself in that position. But the issue is, if he now falls out of love of them in order for him to be able to justify swapping to these fat ones and go, well, actually, I'm proving they're throwing better than the other ones at the minute, he's got nothing to return to if they go tits up as well. He's always had these straight darts to go back to as a get-out-of-jail clause I'll throw them. I know I can throw a, a 95 if I'm absolutely desperate as, a, as an absolute worst. And it just doesn't seem to be there right now. Well, this is the thing. When, when you listen to Peter, he is absolutely convinced the fat darts are the ones that are going to take him to the next level. Genuinely convinced. Like, you know when Taylor went from the knitting needle to, to the torpedo bomb? Peter genuinely thinks and in his head that who are we to doubt him? He's a, he's a double world champion. He genuinely thinks the fat darts are the ones that takes him to the next level. But he has to change his grip for them, and I disagree. He has to change his grip as well as other little subtleties in his throw. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not convinced. We've seen that style of dart out in enough. His first world finally used a similar Phil Taylor dart, didn't he? He was throwing chunky barrels at that point. Yeah, and you just look back at the titles he's won, and he is so much more prolific when he throws straight barrel, normal setup dart. I'm not, I'm not arguing, um, but good luck with that one. Um, 
Cam Crow says, what are you thinking of these young players trying to come through? And what do you think um, averages are going to be like in a few years? They're getting better each year. Um, yeah, look, the youngsters coming through have now got a dedicated platform. We've spoken about this before, that if you're a kid, you can now go JDC, Dev Tour, Challenge Tour, Stroke, Pro Tour. There is a, a genuine route to, to the top where beforehand, although there were BDO events, they were still all over the place. But this is a genuine structure now. And we're, we're starting to see the best of it for the youngsters. Yeah, look, I, I still think for the foreseeable, at least, 100, is, 100 average is going to be the benchmark of top-class, world-class stars because of just the way that the numbers in the, in the, the maths breaks down. You get a treble yeah. per leg on average, fine. You're going to get a dart, a double. That still gives you a couple of opportunities to miss darts at double. You, no one's ever going to be perfect on doubles all the time, especially not under stage pressure and the like and, and playing in front of TV cameras that perhaps some aren't used to. And look, alcohol is still a thing in darts. And as these youngsters start to discover that and are allowed to drink it in competitions, etc., grow up that little bit more, have other priorities in life as well, some will start to tail off. It's just natural. Yeah. Also, whilst we're just touched on the last 16, a very good weekend for Keegan Brown. And again, Boise, that was much needed because he's had an awful two years as well with COVID. Obviously, look, the job he does has been dictating his probably practice times and that more than anything. Um, but a much needed good run for Keegan Brown. Yeah, much needed one. We, um, me and Jack spoke to him a couple of weeks back just prior to the seniors. Um, and he was talking then that he, he hadn't been very well. Um, obviously, the work he's done over the past couple of years, a lot of credit does that, but it would have had an impact on uh, his darts when those series were coming back. So, seeing having a run and getting back to last 16s, um, it's all now about getting there more frequently. Probably not even the run to the last 16, getting frequently back to winning boards and getting to that sort of stage because that's what we've seen a lot from him before. It wasn't the fact of him going on and winning those, but he was getting to winning the board instead of you know, semi-finals and finals as much. So it's getting that consistent aim back for Teedham Brown and then we can see more and more on TV. So it's good seeing back in there. Hopefully we can then push on and maintain a consistent level to get back to the levels he was before. Quarter-finals, there was a couple of real eye-catching ones. Dimitri Vandenberg averaging 108 in change in a last-leg win over Daryl Gurney, who averaged 102 himself. Joe Cullen, 103 in a 6-5 win over Rob Cross. And the world number one, the Iceman, 6-5 over Luke Humphreys. Again, Luke Humphreys is playing some really, really good stuff um, right now, but was just picked there. Semi-finals, Joe Cullen beat the Iceman. Gary Price averaged over a ton, gob, in every round, yet didn't make the final. That's good darts, but it just sums up the Pro Tour. Just sums up darts. We've seen a little bit of that from Michael Van Gerwen over the last six to nine months at time, where he's just been exceptional, but can't quite get over the line. And the longer that Price goes about getting over the line, the more of the frustration might just start to build up on Gezi too. Absolutely. And then in the final, wow, Joe Cullen was sensational. We called it in 8-1, Gob. It was one-way traffic from the Rockstar. Yes, it was very much one-way traffic. 
we we said it an awful lot on stream, and I still think the same is true now. Dimitri van der Berg looked incredibly flat, like he was just going through the motions, and there was an opportunity for him to get back level at two apiece, I think it was. It was 2-1 Cullen, uh, fluffed yeah. a few darts at double, fluffed his opportunities, and he never really looked like getting back into the match at that point. Um, Joe Cullen was just superb. He was walking around like he owned the place. Dimmy a little bit of head down, shirts on top, which we're, we're so used to seeing Dimmy just have that more tucked in, professional, ready to go, look about himself. And yeah, there just seemed to be that lack of commitment. Yeah. I'm sorry. So Siri knows. Um, I suppose the, um, <laughs> it, 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 it's been mentioned in the chat room. Um, and, and we spoke about it on the, on the stream uh, as well. It was a little Twitter spat at the Pro Tour as well on Sunday between uh, Kim Hybrex and the Wrights. Um, he said it in the tweet. It's not a, it's not a secret. He, he's named them in the, the, the first tweet. Um, but the more interesting bit is the one where he said, I've been told to take it down, where most people would have just took it down and not said a word about it. But the fact he highlighted it, and there wasn't an apology or anything like that. He's still fuming. Yeah. Without doubt. To to highlight the fact he's he's been asked to take it down is um certainly something we're not used to. We've seen or we have seen before these uh tweets go out or on Instagram go out and then it'd be removed a little later and everyone's got a few screenshots of them on the down rounding WhatsApp groups or on the back of it. But for this one to then go out and then in follow-up with that message, he's uh, certainly shows that he's not happy about it still, is it? No, it's it's an interesting one, Gob, isn't it? Yeah, look, it, it seems such an insignificant thing in the most part. It seems that it's been blown out an awful lot because of social media and perhaps they could have resolved it elsewhere. Obviously, Kim was disappointed and, and frustrated in, in the response that he got to the request that he asked for etc um but it just adds that little bit more tension now and it adds a little bit extra layer of drama and you 100 percent know peter wright is going to get going to get drawn against kim hybrex in the uk open now that's just the way these things work <laughs> yeah um you stir up needle you're going to get paired up at some point and hopefully the broadcasters are that desperate to push these sort of narratives. They could meet in three years' time and they'll dig this tweet up. Yeah. Just to add something to any any meeting between Peter Wright and Kim Hybrex. Yeah. Um, Ewan, how are we doing, mate? He says, who asked him to take it down? He didn't say in the tweet, but my guess is the PDC. <laughs> yeah. Someone within the PDC. That, that's that's a guess, um, but I don't think it would. If anyone else would have asked him, I don't mean he takes it down. So it, for me, just putting two and two together, I might might be getting five. God, but if you were a better man, would you say that? Either that or the opposite camp. Yeah, Peter himself. Yeah, uh, Marcus says also the DRA are a disgrace. I don't think they've done anything wrong recently, have they? They haven't published their fines list for last year. Well, apart from that, yeah, but... that's that's the only thing they've done wrong so far. 
yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And then there's a couple of interesting ones that I know about, but I just want to see how they worded them. Because then, notoriously, not the best at wording stuff. <laughs> um, but we're just going to take that down. And whilst we're, whilst we're here... It's Gob's favourite table. Seeing that the, the, the match play tickets are, are, are on sale and everyone's talking about it, the race for the World Match Play 2022 is well and truly underway. We've had four Pro Tours to go and look already. Blackpool's on the horizon, boys, isn't it? We can see Blackpool Tower just gleaming in the distance a little bit. I'll let you go, Lee. I'm not interested in a world match play race. We've still got the UK Open. We've got 14 weeks of the Premier League and God knows elsewhere. I'm waiting waiting for you to look at that and tell me that like Damon Hetter still isn't in the match play. That's sort of a prediction. <laughs> that you're, that. <laughs> it's not. It's your this year. can be caught. He's going to be there, isn't he? It can be cool. Alan Suter just outside in, in the match play race um, at the moment. That That's how it looks. We won't go into it too deep, but people were just asking what it looked like. That's how the 16 and 16 look for the match play at the moment. And a good UK Open for Merv King. Nathan Aspinall's in a little bit of bother, boys. I know there was a great post on social media that he was he's back throwing again. But the fact he's in that 16th spot and Merv King is only a thousand pounds away from him. Luke Humphrey's only two thousand. The Asp needs to get back on the board and get back on the board quickly. Yeah, it it does from a ranking point of view, from the match play, as long as he's in some of the Euro tours as Dobbs just alluded to, he should be fine. Just looking at then um if he drops out that he'll still then drop into the other side due to the order of merit. Um, but you, you for the match play, you need to be in those seedings, really. There's some of the draws you can come up with then so just ridiculous. I think last year, there's not a huge amount dropout seed-wise, so he'll want to be in there. But it's good to see him back on the board. And as he mentioned, first time picking him up for, was it about eight weeks, seven, eight weeks? So yeah, it's about eight weeks. So good to, see him, good to see him back on the board and hopefully... Um, we'll see him come back more than anything injury free. I've got a couple of interview clips to play you um, as well. First of all, we have got the ferret. We've got a little clip from Liverpool last week. You know, you've just got to pick off the, the legs. You know, Mike moving off like a train, and I was thinking, oh my God, he's back to what Michael Van Gaena throws. And, you know, I just try to blank everything and keep on with my own game and in the end I got through. Yeah, I am. You know, it's different. Like, it, it change is always good. Like, do you know, um, yeah, it's, it, it is really good. It, it, you know, it's early doors, yeah, and obviously there's things to be changed with everything, but yeah, I really do like That was the ferret after his win. Now, this one, this is a bad... Two and a, two minutes forty-five. The um the, the clip that we've got you for you. The full interview is available on our YouTube channel, and it is a look. Matt's interviews 
never disappoint. And he, he clears up um, a, a couple of bits in this one. So enjoy the, the two and a half minutes and, and we'll discuss in a minute. Continue or maybe it's, happened. it's very late, so it does present some challenges in that respect. Um, but I think it's a, a good talking point for the Masters. It's something that we'll evaluate. Look, the rules for the, for the Premier League, and it's funny, I do, I'm sure you're going to ask me this, but uh, I, I read these experts who know everything who don't know anything. The, this thing about major winner, right? You find me a time, somebody from the PDC used the phrase major. You will never find that time. We don't say major. Televised. We have televised premier events. So some people say, oh, that's a major. That's not a major. Well, that's down to them. That's their opinion, and they're quite entitled to that opinion. That's not our opinion. right? So people talk about different events in different contexts, and they say, oh, if you win a major, you get into the Premier League. Well, the last time I checked, we've got 11 televised events. And we also say that the top four get in. So let's say the top four get in, and the 11 other tournaments are all won by different players. Well, we're going to have 15 players. How do they all get in? Yeah. You know, we're not going to. We're not. These things don't work. You know, it doesn't work like that. So, the rule is: it's top four, and then we pick the rest. So just a couple of points off of that. So, the top four rule stays in place. Yeah, still is in place. Again, yeah, no one, people are asking that that mm. because of the, the format for restructuring yeah, yeah, about the yeah. top four are still in place. Absolutely. And they, are, yeah. they are in. Yeah. After the World Championship. Yeah. Obviously, you know, I was carrying on, yeah, 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 off yeah, the back yeah. of this. Yeah. Rob, Rob Cross. Yeah, Rob's been missing. Out. I think Rob's been very unlucky. Very unlucky. You know, Rob's a class act. He's a lovely guy. We, we want nothing more than to see Rob Cross and every other player at the top of their game. And Rob showed a lot in the latter half of, of last year that he was getting back towards his best. I don't think he's quite there yet on a consistency basis, but he is, you know, he is delivering that A game that won him the World Championship and has won him other titles before. So Rob was very unlucky. Look, Dimitri was unlucky. Jose was unlucky. You know, ultimately, with the format changing from 10 players to 8 players, some players were going to be unlucky. If the format had gone the other way, from 8 players to 10 players, some players might have got lucky instead, you know. So I think they've just been victims of circumstances. Um, and, and you know it's unfortunate, but it's certainly not um, you know any bearing on on anything that any of them have, have done specifically or anything like that. Was it a straight shootout between Rob and Joe for the last? No, not really. Place? No, no, no. There was you know as I say, Dimitri, Jose. There were plenty of other players in contention as well. Yeah, the only reason I ask that is does it send that maybe the wrong message to players that Joe won an unranked tournament yet Rob won a ranked one does that take away some of the value of the ranked tournaments I don't know Premier League's not ranked is it no, that's not Johnny won the Premier League yeah, you know no yeah I, I don't know I mean, but like I say Phil right, people can interpret things in different ways okay. and I think sometimes people might have a little bit too much time on their hands and they spend too long looking at every nuance of every detail of what he's done in the rankings or what he's done in this tournament or what he's done in that tournament sometimes you have to take a bit of a bigger picture approach to it interesting boys Ooh. Can't be a Matt Porter interview, can you? He tells it how it is. He tells it how they see it. I'm, he's never one to hide anything, but he is one to tell you exactly how they feel and how they've come up with something. You might always have to agree with that from the PDC, as he said. Look, can't help but think when he's talking about people that are analysing and assessing things, he's definitely talking about some of us <laughs> because that's what we sit and do every bloody week. Um, but yeah, look tells how it is don't have to agree with that's how they got there but that is how they got there yeah and look I, I, I love Matt's honesty like you say it's it's there you don't have to agree with him and 
I loved it about the thing. You will never find anyone from the PDC calling them majors. Yeah, um, the one that the one that made me laugh is we've we've spoke about reducing the numbers. We've always said we thought it'd be an increase, and then he says, "Can we have the top four and then eleven different winners and have fifteen? We can't. Why not? Just put fifteen in. <laughs> we spoke about having more. <laughs> put more in. But yeah, to to uh, Dobbs' point, uh, he does tell it as it is. He we've got our yeah, opinions on I'm... it of what 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 was right and wrong. They spoke about a few players. Who were unlucky? You mentioned three, mainly were unlucky. Um, but it's probably the eight we expected once the Masters winner was was uh, Joel Tillon. Yeah, no, it, it was good. Um, and like I say, the full interview is over there. He brings up some really good other points as well. So make sure you check that out after the live lounge. Michael says, "Can you tell me the prize breakdown?" the PDC professionals it's different per event mate the Euro Tour is different to the Pro Tour and everything like that so there's depends what ones um you want because they're different for certain bits um he's sounding annoyed hey, he was fine we were we were chatting off camera afterwards as well he was he was all good and it's a good job he likes us because not not many other people get a lot of time with him like we do we say likes us I've never spoken to him as a brand, Team OG. Must, um, must have a thing for gingers. Well, you know, it doesn't. <laughs> keep, keep telling you all, the future's bright. Future's ginger. Um, right, we are going to Belfast this week. It is night three of the Kazoo Premier League, boys. So it's that time again. Belfast, the SSE Arena. There'll be no sweet Caroline there this year. Some might say that's a good thing, um, but no, no Daryl Gurney for the home fans, but still um, still a very, very good lineup. So first up, these two served up a classic at Alexandra Palace. Bully boy against the Iceman. Same outcome or is it revenge for Price? I think the issue well. for Michael Smith right now, as if the win doesn't come this week, when does it come? When does he start getting his team into this Premier League? Sorry. Um, Joe Cullen next week, who's arguably one of the more informed players, given the fact he's won 26 of his 30 matches so far in 2022. Uh, then he runs into Gary Anderson, his old mentor. There's always a lot of respect between those two. And then he runs into James Wade in Nottingham. So, Wade, he might have found something and turned his own form around by then. So, look, he has to start getting wins on the board. He has to start trying to get through this field. Um, so, I think because of that, Michael Smith gets over the line in this one. For you, Boise? Not for me. Uh, and there is the worrying signs there for Michael Smith because of his net top of the end. But I think Derwin Price gets the better of him. I think it is revenge this time around and Derwin Price comes through. I think I saw good signs for Gezi at the weekend. I don't think he's a million miles away. I think Gezi gets his man. Um, also, in the chat room, drop us your score predictions for all of the quarterfinals in Belfast. It's up on the screen, so tell us who you think is going to get the job done. Second one, Joe Cullen, Michael Van Gerwen. Obviously, what, what, what are you saying? 
I'm not falling into the trap that we all fell into last week. Because last week we all said MVG has not a chance as such as and then went and dismantled Peter, right? I'm gonna say he takes that form into this one and beats so far the man of twenty twenty two and beats Joe Cullen. Um MVG comes through it and we see an MVG price semi-final. For you, Cobb? Column for me. There's never been right. a better time to be Joe Cullen. I'm going MVG and a last leg decider. <laughs> hey, I, I went against him last week. <laughs> we, we all went a clean sweep on Ryan. resumed. Yeah, we, we all went for a clean sweep on Peter Wright last week. Learned my lesson. <laughs> um, World Cup teammates then collide. I suppose the question is what dart is Peter Wright going to use, first of all? That, I wouldn't like to call this game until I see him what's in his hand. Does that matter? I'm gonna call it anyway. It'll probably change. I think Gary wins. Yeah. I think Gary wins. Because even when he's chopping and changing throughout the weekend, Peter Wright just never looked like he'd settled at any moment. Gary looked okay. Game one, play, uh, PC3 lost game two, and then obviously hot-footed it back down to, to Somerset. But yeah, I've got good feelings about Gary at the minute. Interesting. For you, Boise? I'm making it three out of the opposite of Dob. I'm going for Peter Wright. Um, yes, we're not sure what Wright's going to play with. However, I'm not convinced with the consistent levels of Darry Anderson. I think this is the one day out of all that the, there'll be no real surprise. The store line to be anything and there won't be a shock because of the inconsistencies, change of darts, all that between the two players. So, but I just think Wright comes through it. I don't think we'll see him doing them sort of changes on stage to that level as what we saw on Sunday. Um, so Wright comes through. Yeah, I I think Wright gets through this just. Um, but again, a lot will depend on what what he throws with. Um, it could be. We see the old World Championship dart. It could go back to the, the normal element 11, or it could be something that we've never seen before. So, yeah. Bottom one, I've got a funny feeling we're all going to go the same way here. James Wade against Johnny Clayton. Is anyone making a case for James Wade? Nope. Dob. If there's someone going to do it, it's going to be Dob. <laughs> No, I'm not stupid. Uh, I'm not sure about that one. If they're well. playing in a final, then yeah, because <laughs> at that point, Johnny Clayton will be averaging 88 and James Wade's got a chance, but no. Not even with a, a week of celebration? No. I'm just trying to convince you over against each other on all four, here, Dob, but it's not going to work, is it? No. Um, so, from your semi-finalist boys, who makes the final and who wins it? Again, same for you, chat room. Who have you got winning 
night three in Belfast. First of all, Boise. Derwin Price beats MVG. And Johnny Clayton beats Peter Wright. So you've gone for the All Welsh and, final. And in the final, Johnny Clayton wins it. I know it's probably what most people have done for at the minute, but I think Johnny Clayton, that's the better approach. For you, Gob? Clayton gets the better of Cullen. Again, as if we haven't seen those two play each other enough. Rice gets the better of Clayton. Going all Welsh final as well? Yeah, but I'm going the other way. I'm going Price. So, chat room, what are you thinking? Cullen Clayton final. Um, Cullen to win. A lot of love for Joe Cullen. Sam thinks Price as well. Luke says Desi to win the night. Um, some great ones in here. You lot are absolutely smashing it tonight in the chat room. If you haven't yet, drop us a like as well. Good evening, Colin. Hope you are good. Um, if if it is God's prediction, this will be the first duplicate final. I suppose the, the longer the games aren't repeated, the more this format has legs. It's when we start seeing the duplicates, questions will get asked. Yeah. We'll have seen duplicates before Nottingham, comfortably. Oh, yeah, the yeah, only I'm way not... we don't see a mass amount of duplicates by night six Nottingham is if Wade Smith, no, it's even Wade's won again, is if Smith keeps going without a win, if he hasn't won by night six. Everybody else will have played each other at least twice by then, if not more. Yeah, yeah probably a lot more. Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't disagree. Um, also, we haven't got slides for this, but we will talk about it. The UK Open qualifiers at the weekend, boys. Some, some good stuff, some bad stuff, and some absolutely shocking scenes as well for qualifiers for a PDC televised title. We'll do the elephant in the room first. The state of Norwich Riley's was nothing short of horrendous. Yeah. It's uh, terrible. I've seen I'm guessing the majority of people saw the video or videos and pictures of just the state of the venue. The fact that the, the venue's even open is surprising. Never mind it's uh, a venue for qualifying for a major TV title. It was just shocking. So bad. Look, look Riley's have been superb and obviously the apology has gone out and, and they'll get it right. But to have a qualifier with no hockeys is just un almost unforgivable. If this was a BDO tournament, 
we'd be absolutely panning it. Are we agreed? Yeah. Yeah, 100% we would be panning yeah. it. And if if mem- memory serves me right, are they not back there? Or meant to be back there this weekend? Uh, they are. And the, it- the, the statement released by Riley's was, it will be fixed. And look, we have to take them at their word. Everything they've done for the for the amateur qualifiers over the years has genuinely been very good. Let's hope that this week was a blip and it is fixed because if it's not, then there's an issue. We can forgive yeah, anyone you, for you, a mistake once, but not fixing it, then there's a problem. Are, are, are we agreeing? Yeah, there, there, was, there was that opportunity now to either move the Royalist qualifier to elsewhere or make the statement that you're dead it fitted in that week's time. Um, the pressure is now on them to deliver a venue that is capable to hold a qualifying event where you're going to have toilets that are in use, where you're going to have otties that are set up and there's not pole queues, not tape down that are all over the place. Um, there were just so many levels of it that were completely run and it's just been able to make sure it runs okay. Like last year, we, uh, not last year, a couple of years back when we had the events and it was running into one, two o'clock in the morning. This year, it seems like the format's run better with boards at other venues and we've been finished by a decent time. There have been eight, nine hour events instead of 14, 15 hour events, which for the number of players... Yeah, and, and for me, that's a, that's a move in the right direction, that at least they're tapping them down because you shouldn't have events for that long. To now see this, it's it's got, to, it's got to improve by next week. And I'm sure by the event starts at 12, so bar open from 9, 10 o'clock, I'm sure social media will react to it by 10 o'clock in the morning and we will know either way if it's, it's good or bad. Yeah, but... The good bit is, let's talk about the darts themselves. We had four qualifiers over Saturday. Um, Norwich, Liverpool, Solihull, uh, and was it South? Coventry. Coventry. Coventry was Sunday. Oh, yeah. Um, But Norwich was won by Matt Good. Also hit a nine data along the way. As well, that that's very very tidy, boys. <laughs> the statement, very good, very very good. Yeah. <laughs> good by name, good um, by nature. Yeah, um, Liverpool was won by Adam Warner. If I'm being honest, don't know a lot about him, um, but he will be heading. Go on, then. floor's yours. Adam Warner went to Sheffield University. He beat me in the last eight of the C- uh, nationals event in Lancaster a couple of years ago. He's a little shit, is Adam Warner. His nickname is the Bastard in the Black because he's a referee as well. Rocks up in grey trousers and a black T-shirt constantly. One of the staffs open a couple of weeks ago. Um, but he is one from the Peter Manley school, Phil. He will slow yes. you down and take one dart out with one hand, swap to the other and then swap back again. He will take his sweet time. He is more that... And he's now producing a level that's capable of competing at the top level as well, because from what I understand, that Liverpool qualifier was stacked with county for A players of Lancashire and uh, surrounding counties, etc. So, look, fair play, Jimmy. He's added a level to a game that, I'll be honest, people that have played him at university didn't think he would have in him. He was 
often yeah. beating quarter-finalists, semi-finalists, very consistent, but never really blew anybody away. And he seems to have added that to his game, so fair play to him. Yeah. Um, Michael, I put the breakdown in the chat, mate, already for you, for the Pro Tour. Um, Solihull was won by Graham Hall. Again, don't know a lot about Graham, but it's nice when we don't get names that, 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 that we know, unlike the first first three that are all household names. These aren't. However, there's certain things in life that always happen. <laughs> Paul Hogan winning a Riley's qualifier is one of them. Um, Hoagie heading back to Minehead. The um the professional amateur, as he's been as he's been dubbed. Um, and no real surprise that Hoagie has rocked up and won one of these Boise. Yeah, he was he was gonna be one of them, wasn't he? It didn't matter what venue, he was gonna win one of them. I don't know why that it just not the number down by one and put him in already because he always seems to make it through a, a qualifier. Um, yeah, and back to the previous two names, I know uh, Rob was saying that he knew Adam, but we was a bit concerned, I guess, about these qualifiers actually all being, initially, when we saw the Utah Open qualifiers first weekend, all being household names or players we were seeing on live leads or just drop off the tour. So to see the odd names coming through if you send a handful of them it would be brilliant going into next weekend of players who are less well known going into the UK Open so that's where the stories all started for people like Paul Holden as well so hopefully we'll see a couple more next weekend as I think we've got seven isn't it oh, oh we'll come on to them in a minute we've still got an event to talk about before we talk about the next lot <laughs> um, commentary on the Sunday, and this is one of the um, one of the stories, Gob, that the former world champion Yella Carson has gone there and qualified for the UK Open. He's got his name down for the Island Man as well. We see, look, Yella was one of the big disappointments in Q School. Let, let's not sugarcoat that he was disappointing. But you can either sit at home and mope around, or roll up your sleeves and do something about it. And it looks like the Cobra has done the latter to to come through that. Would not have been easy. Yeah, look, these are a battle of endurance as well as ability. And I saw a glimpse of the last 64 onwards, I think it was, on social media. The field was pretty stacked there. <laughs> Thibaut Trico was in there, Mark Dobridge, uh, Matt Paget, amongst a few others. There was definitely a few more high-profile names in there as well. I've just gone Chaz, completely blank. Chaz was in there. Yeah. Chaz Barstow was Barstow in there. Was yeah, in look, there. It, was, yeah. it was a solid, solid field that Yellow came through. Um, and yeah, like I said, he's going back to the UK and it would be just his luck now to get an absolute stink of a draw. But like I said, he's, he's clearly putting the work in, still determined to be a top-level dart player. If he has a good season away from the top, getting back on that tour might be just what he needed. We said the same about Barney, that, that year off, etc. Having something to just build on rather than be chasing and defending all the time. Just that little bit better for players' mentality. Yeah. And now, boys, here we can go. The final qualifiers take place this coming weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, we have Chalderton, Harlow, Norwich, Liverpool and Solihull. And on the Sunday, Chester and Coventry. Last chance saloon, seven places left at the Kazoo UK Open, boys. Almost, said the wrong sponsor then, have years of habit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, careful with 
careful that considering what is currently there. Yeah, that's like I've stopped, stopped between Saturday and Sunday is either would not be surprised no. to see a lot of players in both just as a well if if, if you've entered not... Liverpool the likelihood is you're going to enter Chester as well as a, yeah. as a backup and the or same Jordan. if you've entered Solihull you're going to enter Coventry yeah um yeah Chester as well yeah some, some JDC action around this weekend as well on the advanced tour and the, the Saturday boys. It was the usual suspects. Yeah, late in the loop, just doing the absolute business. It's, uh, look, fair play to the boys, but we do talk about them an awful lot when we do JDC. And it sounds a bit harsh, but we should probably just skip to the Sunday here. Luke and, Luke and Leighton sharing the spoils on, on yeah. day one, I think it was. Um, but it's the fact we've got two completely different winners on the Sunday and we have somebody else atop of the running average table. It's probably a bigger story in the JDC because Luke and Leighton have had it an awful lot their own way over the last 18 months. They are both exceptional young talents. Um, Leighton will be on the Challenge Tour and the Development Tour throughout the year as well. Luke's obviously still too young for that, but is in the WDF World Championships. Uh, Henry Coates, the lad that won event um, four, he won the Sunday afternoon. Know a lot about him from Derbyshire, calling uh, for him for at the county level. And he's almost a bit, sounds harsh, but he's a little bit Andy Murray, if you get what I mean. He's come along at the complete wrong time at this level because a couple of years either side of Luke and Leighton, and he'd probably be dominating the way that they have done, but he's in that era where you've got Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, Murray. Henry just seems to drop to that third or fourth spot an awful lot. He was in that England A World Cup team that won uh, out in Gibraltar early in the year as well. <laughs> the fact he's your third best player in your national team is an absolute joke for everybody else looking in because he is superb. Yeah, as, as well, it, just, just just looking at uh, the event three on the Sunday um, as well, Some some nice to see some some other flags floating around as well. And I say that as in um, Kavos Amos. I've, I've probably butchered his name there. But again, it's nice to see some some other people coming over and having a go at this JDC advanced tour. Yeah, I mean, from last sort of since they North American, Dutch, Hungarian, obviously we've got uh, all UK in there as well, Ireland. So it is... It is a good mix to say. Um, we know with some of the, the talents we've spoken spoke a lot about, like and Louis Henry's been spoken about before. Um, so it's good to see a mixture in the the back end of these tournaments, and even more so from different countries. Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, Leighton Bennett did get to the final in event four. Was beaten in the last leg of the cider. Um, he also beat Luke Littler in the semi final as well. But look. The JDC is in very good hands. And I, and I like the fact that they split the tour as well. 
but you now have got that advanced tour. So these boys aren't just smashing everyone in the, the standard tour as well. So it's giving the other people chance to develop as well, Gob. Yeah, look, I think that's a massive, massive thing for it. I almost think the development tour could almost do with something similar because there is that gap between the very, very top players on that. And the first weekend of the PDC development tour, you normally get somewhere between 250 and 300 entrants. There is a massive golf inability between players that are there for the experience, trying to pick up a few early rounds, and players that are there to genuinely... They're pretty much full-time dark players slash professionals already. When Dimitri Vandenberg and uh, Ted Evitz are mopping up Pro Tour titles left, right, and centre for the last few years, Luke Humphreys as well. There wasn't a lot of time for anybody else to do any developing. Yeah. Um, good one here from Henry as well, whilst we're talking about the JDC players. Um, what do the PDC do if Littler wins the WDF and they want to invite the winner of Lakeside to the Grand Slam of Darts? Um, no reason why they can't. Yeah, because there's a 16 age limit across all PDC events. But remember, a few years ago, Leighton, Leighton was in consideration for the slam, um, for the Grand Slam. Yeah, I and think they said he, he was too young, but that was on a not wanting to harm him, but no reason why he couldn't have played. I think yeah. Matt was talking again. I would have to go back and find the interview, but he was talking that there have to be a separate practice room for safeguarding and and everything like that because of a Layton's age at the time, so I'm guessing it would be yeah. something similar that they just have to be separate practice rooms and all that if if they wanted to. But I think that it could happen. It it could happen. Um, I'm not, yeah, not sure I'll say the PDC that... work or acknowledge the WF in that manner. They've allowed the players to go and play in the World Championship, but I'm not sure. Mm about to invite him back and if you imagine if Brian Roman as a PDC player goes and wins the WDF and then gets a backdoor entry to the to the Grand Slam again we, we spoke an awful lot about backdoor entries the last couple of years does a had one as reigning BDO world champion and then picking up his tour card and, and getting in that way and I'm just not sure they're prepared to go through that situation all over again yeah no I agree I, I don't think it will happen I think they'll they'll use the supplementary tours for for those other places like they did last year would be would be my guess that it'd be nice but I don't see it happening also I didn't really see a lot of it other than Raymond Smith's rant over the weekend but it didn't sound as if the DPA tour went particularly well no I haven't read an awful lot into it I'll be completely honest but what it sounds like is they're trying to host simultaneous tour event in three separate venues and start the same rounds at the same time so if one venue's ahead of the others or has different entries they have to wait around for that etc i'm not really sure how it plays out afterwards as well i'm not sure if like the last 16 is played across all three venues and suddenly they merge into one draw and then they're playing online as well as in person depending on the draw i, I really don't know a lot else about it i just know that tim Pusey won it yeah, no, the, the same. I don't obviously because we were streaming for the for the pro tour of it, but Raymond Smith was was far from from happy. 
and the fact it started at 5am on PDC TV. The only way I ever see 5am is coming in from the night before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting up to watch that. Sorry, I, I do like darts. Obviously, we're sat here doing a dart show, but I don't like darts that much. Um, yeah, and Nico, we spoke about it earlier, mate. Look, it, it is what it is. The dirty, dirty linen's been washed in public, and Kim's had his say, and hopefully he wins at the UK Open, and, and we can ask him. It's across five <laughs> venues and they scrap the combined online part after the first event. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I say we, we, we were obviously streaming, so we didn't see um, an, an awful lot of it apart from the the, the the rant as it was. Boys, have we got anything else for a week in darts? What else have we, have we missed? Anything glaringly obvious? Um, Mike Gillett won the live league. Correct. We have a report on Harry's in the chat room as well. Who wrote that for us? It's going to be joining the team to do some more live league weekly reports for us. Um, I guess the only other thing is congratulations to James and Sammy Wade for expecting a second child. We've mentioned it a little bit already, but as a as a point of yep. Comment. Massive congratulations. Yeah. Child. Um, August time was it? I think. Yeah, it said yeah, two August. Yeah. Call, call me a cynic. That's that's convenient that you won't be on the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> but will that be his decision or the BBC? <laughs> 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 mutual mutual agreements is what you're saying, Dob. I think. No, no, great, great news for James and Sammy that Arthur will have a brother or a sister. Um, Live League returns tomorrow as well. Got a little bit of seniors involved. Wolfie and Kevin Painter return. And and Gary Robson, he has a tour card. He was at the qualifier. Yeah. There's Um, more to seniors darts than the top 24. Thank you, Mr. Bars. For the 24 World Championship entries. Someone's very defensive over the World Seniors now. <laughs> all, all, all I'm going to say to that is, Boise, is anyone under the 24 won't make it onto TV, so we won't get to speak to them, so it doesn't really affect me. That's God's problem, not mine. Some of them already are. Some of them already are. There's only 24 that go to the event, so they're the 24 that I worry about. Yeah, but are we different 24 or 16 or whatever at the events that follow? Yeah, but just the ones that are there. That's all I, all I care about. I can't interview the yeah, other ones. Is this normally around the same time every Monday? Is this normally the same time every Monday where I need the pop tour between you two or what? It started at home, <laughs> 27 minutes ago, normally the same. <laughs> and who asks what in the chat room over the next 25 minutes? <laughs> uh, um, but on rule number one applies on this show as well because I've got the mute button if you were that bothered about muting me mate you'd just stop inviting me back <laughs> freedom of speech A long, long this, is this is what the show is all about um, but question time it is then open up the chat room fire them away Got a little bit of an, last week was a bit of a rush question time. This week 
We'll go for a little bit of extended question time. First one is to Boise. When does Ranyit get the sack? It's a dark show. <laughs> I'm sure I, I, I don't support the only team that's lost this weekend, but there we go. Yeah, but I don't pretend we're any good. You, you do. Oh, we're awful. My Sunday League team defends better. Um, the werewolf is in the house. Niall, hope you are good, mate. Um, Sam, fingers crossed. There may be some very interesting developments this year on the live league. I can't say too much, but mid-year could be some very, very good things for the live league. Which would make it a bit good, God, wouldn't it? Yes. Hopefully, putting it in Nottingham, please. A bit closer, though. I could do some work on it. <laughs> yeah. Um... Phil versus Gob on the stage. Best of five. Now, Gob would win 3-1, probably. It would take about two hours to... Take about two hours to fill it just lying right down. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> oh, right down. From, from the walk-on, I'd be playing I'd be playing games from the walk-on. I'd be making him wait. That would be a murder. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a murder. Um... <laughs> I'll take that. There's now. a James Corden every single week. It's brilliant. Yeah. Um, Andrew says, "Have you... they expanded well, the bill for Valentine's Day?" Uh, or you're not allowed to tell us. He doesn't know it's from you. Can't, can't <laughs> comment. Um. Uh, Andrew, yeah, correct, but more announcements this week. There was um, some miscommunication, shall we say, Gob, yeah? Yes, Philip. <laughs> I just did what I was told. Now I'm telling you you're an idiot. <laughs> A nice poster. I was told the updated, poster. Poster, the updated poster was in Dropbox. You can use that one. So I did. <laughs> yeah, let, let's let's wait for that one. No more on that one. But, we, but more announcements <laughs> coming very soon, Andrew. Um, Nico, yeah, Jack, sound quality will be better next time. Look, we know there was mistakes, especially on that Thursday. Did gradually get better throughout the weekend, um, but that has been the number one priority. I know full well that. The guys behind it at the very, very top were in meeting straight away for the three or four days afterwards. Everybody left the venue Sunday night. They all went straight back home because of how busy they were for the next week to um, have a sit down, discuss how it went and, and where things can be improved. So, yeah, look, that's something that will be being discussed and will be being worked out 100%. Yeah, like I said, the, the, the picture quality was was good. You know, it, just, it was just little bits. Could it be improved? Yeah, of course it could. But for, for the first one, it ticked an awful lot of boxes. 
Uh, Marcus said, what's the interview? Matt said, Fallon needed a tour card to be in the PL. Um, morally, yes. But by the rules, no. It, 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 it's one of those moral decisions that would it be right to have a non-tour card holder in there? But the rules do allow it. The rules say, well, for last year, I, I haven't seen this year's one, but certainly last year's, it said to be considered for selection, you only need to, needed to be a PDPA member. So, um, but yeah, morally, yeah. Would Gary Anderson have been world number one winning if he'd have had 500k back in 2014 and 16? Um, I would say yes, but without, I wouldn't say 100%, but I'd be fairly confident if it had been 500k then he would have been world number one. Can't have been a million miles away. The problem was that MVG was racking up nearly a million pounds on Euro Tour every year, whatever ridiculous numbers it was. Twenty-five grand a pop. Yeah. Plus everything else in um, between. Did he do the match play in the World Championship double? Yeah. So he won four events in one year, didn't he? Yeah, he but one of them was the Champions League, which wasn't ranked. Yeah. Was the other one a World Series or something? Possibly, yeah. Um, he certainly would have been close. Yeah. Um, no, kind of the format will always be the way it is, mate, because of the the amount of games and the time restraint we have to get it in. It'll always be that format. Mm-hmm. Andy, uh, Gob's the best player out of us. Thanks. He still plays regularly. <laughs> what is it? Vodka Wednesday? Vodka Wednesdays, indeed. Oh, it just started to kick in at the right time last week, and then they shut the bar, so we lost in the semi final. Yeah. Double park. I think I just want to get out of it now, and then I started playing all right. Yeah. Um, random one. My favourite band. Oh, Oasis. Not, not even close. Five. Prefer, you, band prefer yours, Dad, to those. It's a band. Hi, lads. Hope you are well. Yes, I am very well, and the boys are as well. Uh, apart from apart from football, boys, he's fine. Bless him. Um. What is the worst set of pros darts you've ever thrown? Um, Simon Whitlock's are right up there. No, I like them. I was pretty good with them for a while. Depends on the balance. I didn't like, didn't like Jermaine Watermainers. Wasn't that keen on Tony Alcinas's either. I've. I've not thrown them, but I don't like the look of Yellow Classen's unicorn dart. There's way too much going on there for me. They were, yeah. they were all right. I threw them well, at Cleveland. In Cleveland. I threw Yellow's actual dart, like, not even just the like, he threw mine for a bit. I threw his. Yeah. Um, Stephen Bunting's horrible. I don't like the, the lack of grip. Can't get on yeah. with them. 
Um, Robert Thornton's are over grippy for me. For him, they're perfect, but they're not that. Yeah, because Kim yeah. Hybrex's got a bit of knurling on his dart and there's a couple of others as well. Not not a fan of those at all. Yeah. Um, how come the live league starts so late? Um, basically, Sam, it's broadcast by Sporty Stuff TV. Um, they wanted to broadcast it and it can't start until after their dog racing coverage has finished and their dog racing coverage finishes at 9.55. So we have to start at 10 because of their broadcasting times. Uh, when you go back before it wasn't broadcast, we used to start, was it 9.15, I think it was? Um, yeah. But it's purely because of the broadcast from Sporty Stuff TV. Yeah. Uh, when he is asking about worldwide broadcast, it was, the World Seniors was broadcast. It was broadcast through 24-7 TV, but it was on pay-per-view, so you had to pay for the streams it was 25 pound for the entire tournament or it was about eight pound a session it was available yeah. everywhere it wasn't on tv stream it would have been a, an online stream as you like um i guess for the lakeside it just depends which broadcasters want it the numbers have been pretty good by the time we get um there's delayed coverage on uh, darts live japan at the minute covering a lot of south asia and by the time we get those numbers in, we'll have hit about two, two, just over two million views um, over the weekend, yeah. Uh, yeah. which is staggering. So it's kind of the same as PDC TV, isn't it? That anywhere that they yeah. don't have a broadcast deal with, it's it's shown on PDC TV. If if they've got a broadcast yeah. deal in that country, it's it's geo restricted. Yeah. Um, double question here about any news on Aspinall and will Aspinall be out on the Euro Tour in two weeks? Um, look, we all know the injury was bad. He went away on holiday, had to miss the Masters and two lots of pro tours, but did put up that picture um, of him throwing again for the first time. And fingers crossed that we see him back mm. at the Euro Tour in two weeks, <coughs> boys. Yeah, it would it would make sense for him to be there with the Utah Open the following weekend. Uh you don't have to call the Euro Tour of preparation, but it seems like with the Utah Opens, the one where his main focus would be on, I'd be very surprised not to see him at the Euro Tour. Yeah. Um, Jamie says, do any of the live league players mind playing so late at night? Absolutely not, mate, because they're getting paid to play. Some of them request it. <laughs> some of them work during the day still, so they can only yeah, play in them. Group B. Yeah, some, some of them love the, the night shift because it means they can play. Mm-hmm. Um, no, says, can't wait to get back on the live league. A few personal things to sort out, but fingers crossed. They will have you back. Oh, you'll be back at some time soon, mate. Don't worry about that. let you think about the worst dart shirt while well, i answer do we have to pay to go to all the games or do we get free tickets so the pdc uh, in particular but other darts events will have a, a media accreditation in which that if you're a media outlet you can apply to be there uh, you get access to the press room access to the players for interviews afterwards um a lot of time we actually just sit and watch it on tv in a room at the back of the <laughs> at the back of the venue we see what you guys do we soak up the atmosphere a little bit might pop in and out get a clip of the odd walk on but actually in terms of sitting in a venue to watch it 
what we need to do, we can see an awful lot more from inside the press room, just watching along on TV. We have a separate stat screen next to it. So we've got all that that we need at once. But the idea of us being on location is to get those interviews at the end of the game. Oh, yeah, com- completely. Um, and like and we say, we've got the stat screen. Screen. Press any other. <laughs> but just, Wolverhampton yeah. has a boardroom with luxury leather reclining seats. I, I've only been to a hand. Are we talking just like PDC events here? Oh, well, we talking yeah. in general. Um, I've only been to a handful, and there's certainly a, a wide variety of press rooms, shall we say. The Masters by far being my favourite. Yeah. Mine had just has sheets of plasterboard separating two rooms. No, it's, it's been done up now. Uh, they, it's been decorated. It? Yeah. Right. However, the only issue is the internet is absolutely horrendous in Minehead. That's for the entire county. That's not just Butlin's Minehead. <laughs> um, right, worst start show. There's a few that spring to mind straight away. One of them was, remember Corey Cadby's one? The purple one. Yeah, well, there, there was the, there, wait, I'm going to find a picture of it. There was an absolute horrendous Corey Cadby shirt. Keith Dallas. Just the giant um, 138 in the front. Not a fan. Sorry. And the red trousers got to boot. Oh, Keith, his tweet earlier in the week was backed by popular demand. The red trousers are back at the seniors. No, Keith, Who? you're back by popular demand, not the red trousers. Yeah, they're definitely a sight for sore eyes. Yeah. Without doubt. Yeah, no, the, the Corey Cappy shirt I was on about, it's got a giant dartboard on the front. Hmm. There was a phase of that, wasn't there, where it was just like a quarter of a dartboard on... The yeah. lower side of players, and it's almost as if we're not. <laughs> the thing I really don't, I don't get about dart shirts. It's a little bit of a rant, right? Is there are two things on, on an awful lot of dart shirts that probably don't need to be there. Yeah, a dartboard or a reference to the fact you are playing darts, and your name. Why do you need your own name on your shirt? It's not as if someone else is going to pick it up. Yeah. Your nickname, um, I can understand if, if it's relevant or whatever. You make a cool graphic out of it or something. When people have got their nickname on the back and then their actual name written sideways down the side. Why? If I can see the front of you, I know you're Joe Cullen. I don't need it written there. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, and by the way, Brendan Dolan's Christmas shirts. What's your knife out now? They were mint. I love the History Makers Christmas shirts. Even, yeah, even Phil well. back in the day used to get involved with a Christmas shirt. You you should be uh, you should be forced to have a Christmas shirt. Yeah, so a lot of people saying Gary Anderson's, but when you work out who you were sponsored by, that was for a reason, and they stuck stood no. out for that reason. The foul fashion ones were superb, and they're like rocking yeah, but, all shit to try and get hold of. Yeah, but just the most un Gary Anderson ever. 
Gurney's first gen ones were a tad brutal. The abs and muscles. Yeah, going price has got them drawn on as well. I'm like, nope. Yeah. Um right, what else have we got? But yeah, there's um Do you um will John O'Shea qualify for the worlds, do you think? I think he will. I think the Joker will make it to Ali Pally. Made a good start. Exactly. It'll be, it'll be yeah, tough. But I, I I think he I think he does. Especially the fact he's made it to one of the first three Euro tours as well. That's big. Just basically yeah, like a BDO of it. So you can just crack off on one of them. <laughs> Travelling around random yeah, parts I, of I, Europe I think... for ranking. You must be used to that. Um, do you see Taylor play on the live league or can he? Um, he? He can. He's been asked. Will he? We don't know. He's, I think he's more likely to now than what he was last year with his comments he made last week. Not saying he will then, but I'm just saying he's more likely to. Yeah. Um, Owen says, so, so am I right thinking there's no Premier League on... No, next, next, next Thursday is a blank week because of Berlin being moved. And, and by the way, that week of darts is the week of Berlin... It's a tad busy, boys. Shock. Just a little. Couple of players' championships either side of a Premier League in two days. Yeah, be Central World Series event, Premier League, two pro tours straight into the World Cup. Someone say Germany road trip. <laughs> Literally, it's only it's only the Sunday that is free. We'll work something out. So it's not like we're not used to a busy like to Sponsor our coverage of online darts during the month of June. Just drop us a message. Uh, all inquiries are welcome. Um, <laughs> I you want to pay for my flight. <laughs> and Lee. Oh, mm. Whilst we're on dart shirts. Two of Gob's favourite players, one of mine. In the about time, we had new shirts from Wadey and Anderson. I'm just not sure they care. Yeah, but marketing. Change the shirt, people buy it. Wadey still sells enough. Gary's are weird. Because they're just always incredibly difficult to get hold of. And I think the fact, despite the fact that is as incredibly plain and hasn't changed for an awful lot. The fact they are so difficult to get hold of, especially Match Ward, he doesn't get rid of many. No. Makes him just that little bit, makes him still worth that little bit more. The thing especially I... Especially World Cup ones. I can't throw them. I can't, I can't play in them, but I don't like the fact they're buttoned up all the way down the front. I'm very no. much new material cool playing where I could not play in a shirt the way that those two do. Gives me back Mark Verilli vibes when he's throwing a long black <laughs> in a long sleeve black shirt. Paul says the best dart shirt. Right, not one of right now. 
not one of Boise's, that's for sure. I was going to say, I've got an array of shirts. It could be one of those. Um, right, th- th- you know, the shirt I love right now, not on the tour, but from the uh, seniors weekend, I love Tevin Painter's shirt. It's a great shirt. I'm a big fan. Yeah, it's nice. Another from the senior, Mark Frost. Frost did a throw man with a giant snowman on the back. I think it's a fantastic nickname, fantastic <laughs> shirt. It's mint. And then, obviously, my shirts are in the the top five of these conversations. That'd be one of many. Um, yeah. Um, what else have we got? Gary Anderson, 2013 Premier League shirt. I said one of my all-time favourite shirts, I think it was 2013 as well, was the Adrian Lewis match play shirt. The fact, it had the, like, the tower silhouette on the back and everything like that. He I remember, the, I remember the roulette wheel one. No, he had he, he had one made for the match play. I think it was 2013, maybe. Um, he had a gold version and a blue version. I was a fan of that. Um, no, Andy, nothing good about a Chelsea shirt. Been in 25 years. Um, to be fair, Edgar's new shirt at the weekend was really nice. I saw like one still of it. I need to see it all the way around. Yeah, it, 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 it was nice. Wasn't bad. Kyle's original one was nice. His yellow one with the armadillo on the front. Yeah. He had to move away from it and just to the red one, took the yellow dots out, whatever, but I thought that was a really nice one. Well, yeah, no, I agree. About it. Yeah, that's about it, really. Um, right, what else have we got coming on in the chat room? We've got about six or seven minutes. So get them in what you want answering. The Taylor mid nineties glitter shirts were disgusting. Um, best atmosphere um, for darts, Alexandra Palace included or not? Um, for a one-off night, Dublin is right up there for the Premier League. The Cowshed, Exeter. Where I've been, the the best I've witnessed is is Blackpool. But overall, I am with you. I love that. I I loved the the first time I'd been to the the tavern a couple of weeks ago, and that that had a. I don't know if it was the atmosphere or the feel of the place, or just sort of it all merged in one. It wouldn't be the best one, but it was certainly. Uh, a, a very good atmosphere, low ceiling, just created a buzz every night. Um, but Blackpool is the one for me. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, Craig what would I says, walk on top of playing on TV? Um, uh, mine, mine's easy. PJ and Duncan, let's get ready to rumble. Oh, yes. Mine. If you, hit, if you don't hit the top of the stairs at the watch us wreck the mic, psych, I'll be most disappointed. <laughs> and then do yeah. the spins as you go along the hockey. Yeah, that's um, that that'd be mine. My, I think uh, mine's my, between two. Go on, then. go on, Dob. I've used a couple, so I've used to play University Varsity Darts. So I used Chesney Hawks, the one and only. Bit, Solid. Bit um, I used DJ Otzi, Hey Baby, but obviously that is Tony O'Shea's, but it just worked because they sing Hey Gobby instead and. The DJ would cut it out at the right moment, and the crowd would go ooh ah. Uh, but it would be five. Everybody get up because it's just got the best drum drop right at the start. And I wouldn't go straight into the verse; I'd just get it to loop back into the chorus. It's perfect. Yeah, see, one of mine would have been Chesney Orts, but that was just as I heard, when I heard the DJ playing it the other week at the seniors. I was like, to the worth heads that. The only other one which would be obviously related to. Surname voice would be the owner fills and horses theme tune. So I'd love to see that being rocked out in Blackpool. I think that'd be brilliant. To <laughs> <laughs> be fair, I, mean, I did like Gob's one. We were talking about this the other day about the Arctic Monkeys one. I do like that. Yeah. <laughs> I've never ever given him credit. And I hope none of the boys are watching, but someone will definitely get back to him. But yeah, it just worked. It just stood yeah, still, made but, everybody sing. You imagine that on a yeah, Premier League uh, night if they played it three times, you'd get bored by the final. Yeah, um, United Stad said, would I ever consider Rinton Q School? Not a chance. Nowhere near good enough and wouldn't put myself for it. Yeah, me neither. I've got, I've got zero career earnings on the dev tour. There's no way I'm going to challenge or... Yeah. Q School. Um, There's double one. Andy says, the worst player to interview. And Jeff says, I've always wondered who are the toughest interviews, i.e., um, need to see a movie. See, Gary gives you good ones. I look in terms of Gary. I'm quite lucky because he likes me. I've, I've seen him give some some stinkers to others, um, but I'm, I'm I'm quite lucky that Gary likes me. Look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. On after a match, James Wade is the toughest to interview. Get James Wade on a media day. He is fantastic, as the Premier League one showed. Because he, he said some really good things, was, was really chatty. So uh, after a, after a game, James James is tough, but get him on a media day, he's brilliant. There's it's a couple real... of players that just give you nothing, but you, you're never going to get anything out of them. It's sort of like one or two word answers, never been the most confident. I think Michael Van Gerwen's up there, you know, because he is so switched on. He is not yeah. afraid to call you out on something if he thinks you're wrong and then you're on the back foot a little bit and he's just as likely to drop a random swear word in there, walk away laughing at you going, Haha, you can't use that or put it in now. And he's just a little bit of a cheeky bugger with it. And I think because of that, Van Gerwen's incredibly difficult because of, of what he's done, ability. And when he was on that streak of winning everything, there wasn't an awful lot to talk about. You just wait and go, Wait for Mark would say, I did the right things at the right moments. Looking forward to the next one. Yeah, if I'm on my A game, nobody can beat me. Yeah, look, Michael's a good one because 
if he's got something to say, he's going to say it. Like, if something's annoyed him, he's going to come out and just go for it. But like you say, he is savvy. He knows when to say it and what not to do. And like he is very... He'll drop an F-bomb in there, knowing that we can't put it out. As he's walking off, he'll say, cheers, boys, enjoy editing, with a smile on his face. Jack says, what was Taylor like? Um, he's very similar. We spoke to him at the, at the seniors, and he's in. Yeah. He's far more relaxed and joyous now, but it very much depends on what mood you caught him in and what questions you ask him. Look, these guys do millions and millions of interviews. And at times, they generally probably would prefer the same four or five questions. They get out and they get it done. But if you ask something stupid or start trying to dig a little bit too much, they will just give it your back. And then you're on the back foot. And as an interviewer, being on the back foot is one of the worst places to be. Because then you start scrambling. Then there's that dead air space as well. And it's, it's just not what you want from an interview. No, no, I agree. You just panic camera. Um, has anyone refused you interviews? Um, not directly, but there is a few times that players have refused to do media full stop after a game. But not when I'm there and I've gone, do you fancy interview? No one's ever said no, but... Some some players have refused to do to do media full stop afterwards, but then they get fined, so it's their loss, not ours. <laughs> yeah. And at the opposite end of the spectrum, we go to a place like Minehead for the UK Open, and players will just have one of the big one of the biggest wins that they've had for a couple of weeks. Because we've got such a small turnaround window, and we're speaking to so many players, they come off board four or five, get dragged all the way over to where we are, and we're like, actually, it sounds really harsh, but. You're back on again soon. By the time we interview you, it's dead. <laughs> yeah, which is why some of the stuff we only put out on Twitter because it's a short turnaround. Um, oh, past players that I'd love. There's one interview that I genuinely would give my right arm for, and that is 15 minutes with Jockey Wilson. Could you imagine? Jockey and Eric in the same room. Yeah. Um, Can I also point out, and it's still absolute car crash today as it used to be back then. The minute any two players are about to play each other or have just finished playing each other, double interviews are crap. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. Interview them one at a time and watch him open up that little bit more and start dropping that odd little extra comment and going, yeah, I'm going to batter him. You sit him in the same room, they ease off a little bit. Or they're all too nice. We didn't quite play his game. No, he was crap and I slapped him up. But you don't get that if they're stood next to each other because it's somebody's first time. Whatever. No, get them one-on-one. -on -one where they can't hit, when they're not in earshot of the other one. Yeah. No, look, there's, there's been some been, been some gems. Um, right, everyone, it is 10 o'clock. Two hours have absolutely flown by. You guys have absolutely smashed it out of the park tonight. It's been absolutely superb. Remember, you can listen back as a pod 
Um, probably tomorrow I'll get it turned around, or this will be up on YouTube as well for you to enjoy. Remember, the live league returns in the morning, 9.30 for the first game. Boys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Remember, sign off in style. I've been Phil Bars, Jack Gobby Garwood, Lee Boyce. Gents, we'll see you all very, very soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 